Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got good friend of the podcast. We've had him on several times, Zach Griffith of Summit Productions. Zach, how you doing? Awesome, Jay. You know, um, I just saw that you harvested a buck, uh, I believe in Utah, on your Instagram account, and it looks like you've got a little bit of history behind it. Why don't you set the scene uh, for this hunt? Yeah, man, it's one of those deer. It's it's the the family traditional area we've hunted my whole life. I grew up hunting there. I killed my first deer there with a rifle, and I've I've killed I think fifteen or twenty deer out of that canyon since I was uh, thirteen or fourteen years old. And it's just been our family's you know it's our stomping grounds. And so there may be bigger deer in other units and other places, but the the history, the nostalgia, the, the the stories, the memories are just, it's too much to, I, I can't hunt anywhere else for my general over-the-counter unit. So this buck is a, a buck that's just been one that's been on my radar for about three years now. And he's just, he's in a tough, tough area, a ton of hunting pressure, uh, a lot of lions. The lions up there are very um, liberally managed where they're just almost impossible to get attacked for in the country. So rugged that no hounds going to run up there. So the lions just massacre the big bucks, and then the, the rifle hunters do their part. And it's just a tough place to see a deer grow to four, five, six years old. And so, you know, we're not looking for genetics. We're not looking for score. We're looking for age, and we're looking for history and close encounters. And, you know, but the buck that gets away is always the one that you want the worst. And so, um, uh, ironically, this buck has all of the above. I mean, he's an absolute tank when it comes to scoring. He's got the best frame I've ever seen on a deer. Uh, in a general unit like that, he's uh, outsmarted me so many times I couldn't even explain it to you how many runnings I've had with him. Um, I've had him on trail cameras. I've we've tried pushes. We've tried stalks. I mean, it is just the deer is impossible to kill, and it's, he literally just got lucky every time. We would always laugh, you know, that six, the six or seven bucks in the herd would go up the draw right to me, and then he'd go off to the left and break off. Just knew he had that sixth sense, so. To get it over with, it's, uh, I mean, it's epic and it's almost disappointing in a way because, you know, it's bittersweet. Now it's come, it's come to an end and I, I don't have anything left to chase up there. It's kind of like I got the buck and now what, you know? But luckily I have my wife, she has a tag up there and then my dad and family, you know, we're going to keep hammering. Obviously next year there'll be new guys on the radar to chase. So it's just right now it's kind of a strange dynamic that I'm in. <laughs> For sure. So uh, three years ago is when you first noticed this particular buck, and uh, did he have a pretty tight home range? Um, oh yeah, very patterned. What are some of the What are some of the characteristics that you always noticed about him? Um, the thing about where I hunt, it's it's very high country, very high desert, and water is a very uh, sparse resource, and so you know we can always locate the deer. Uh, the herd or the bats are herd by their watering sources uh, or just whatever canyons have the greenest foliage that year. And so they, they leapfrog three to four basins, but they're, they're always in there. And, and it's just like any high country area, but they're ancient trails, ancient beds. The deer have been using these for centuries. I mean, they're just, there's a reason they live where they live. It's, it's safest. They have their escape routes planned and um, you know, so nothing's changed there, but this buck in particular, it's kind of uh, interesting. I, I harvested what I believe is either his father or a relative of him, but, uh, three years ago, I killed a buck that we've been chasing in there for a while. It was about a five-year-old deer and we called it square because he was 26 wide and we thought 26 tall. 
And uh, I shot him back through the diaphragm, mid chest, and it, it, it took him about 20 minutes to expire. But when he ran up the hill, laid down, he was, you know, obviously hurt, punched up. This buck that I killed uh, yesterday actually was a two-year-old, about a 150, 155 four-point at the time. Absolutely amazing genetics. We knew he was a baby, but he had a great big frame. He actually left the herd and went back, and like a soldier in battle, basically gathered his uh, the buck we called square up and nudged him and got him out of his bed and pushed his stiff legs over the top of his rocky basin. And I literally was bewildered. I couldn't believe that an arrow had just absolutely annihilated his chest cavity. And this little buck pushed him, you know, and guided him over the hill. And he, little buck is so short, his nose was barely as high as square hips, but he kept pushing him and he actually poked him over the hill. And uh, on, I filmed the whole thing. It's all on my Archer, Archer's Educated uh, Season 2 video. And he goes over the hill, and then my buck, we didn't know this, but he died right there and rolled down to the bottom. And we didn't go back until the morning, but it was a sleepless night because I was like, what the heck just happened? I mean, how far is he going to push that deer? He's dead on his feet, but we had I just so uh, that same buck that pushed the big one that I ended up getting is the next year and the year after and now this year we've been on him and trying to take him out because he's just he just has such an awesome frame and he's just got gigantic forks and he's his inside's red only like eighteen inches. He's very narrow and tight. Uh, score wise I, I couldn't care less what he scored. I, I know that the Hitchcock system is very structured for a specific frame type but I don't care what he scores. He's just just like the history and the look to him is just so epic, you know, I just He's just awesome. So it's really exciting to be able to get him down. And, um, you know, the history, like I said, is probably the greatest trophy of all of it. So Yeah, you know, the unbelievable thing about him is he's got really, really deep forks. I mean, for for a buck that's, you say, only 18 inches inside, I mean, he's got really deep forks. He's just a great-looking buck. And um, sounds like, you know, hunting bucks that are, you know, urban bucks or high country bucks that, you know, um, you have a lot of history with, I think sometimes, uh, it almost becomes a quest just to get that animal, uh, regardless if, if, you know, this year he didn't grow a front fork. I mean, it's almost like that's the one that you want to kill. Talk to me a little bit about going into the season. Were you specifically targeting this particular buck, uh, for sure? Or did he all of a sudden become on your hit list as, as his forks continued to grow out? Or what was the status on that? No, I'm really glad you asked that question because um, in, in social media especially, you know, I get a lot of crap from guys that are so score-centered score and score-focused because to me as an archer that I don't have a lot of money. I don't buy landowner tags. I don't pay guys. I hunt general what I consider garbage units, especially down in Arizona. I was hunting Metro right above you know, right behind Cape Creek and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's hammered by traffic and hunters. And so to me, I'm not trying to find a, a 210 buck. It doesn't, score's irrelevant. I want the toughest quarry in the unit. I want the smartest, oldest, gnarliest buck. I don't care if he's a three by four. I don't care if he's a two by four. If he's got chewed up ears and a Roman nose, that's the buck I want because he's he's smart. He's definitely um, a worthy foe. I mean, he's the one. He, I don't know. To me, like a deer, their score is all about genetics, you know, and, and, and obviously some other factors. But when it comes to age, I mean, it's just pure grit. The bucks that live longer are just 
badass. I don't know what else to say. I like old yeah. deer. So I've gotten a lot of crap for that because it sounds like a scapegoat. Well, you don't kill high scoring deer, so you settle for the age. I'm I'm actually dead serious when it comes down to it. I've, I've seen three-year-olds that scored 170 that were, I could have shot them off a two-track off my quad because they're so dumb and immature, whereas, you know, a six-year-old buck that scores 130 might be impossible to kill with a bow, literally, because he's just too smart. So this buck especially, Jay, um, score-wise, obviously that's what put us on the radar because he is so unique. But uh, just his age, he's the oldest deer in that herd. Um, I, again, I believe I killed his dad or his uncle or something because, you know, he had a special connection to go all the way back down the basin to get that deer up the hill. Um, so it's just, like I said, it, it, it's been this emotional attachment, this recognition, this year after year, you know, contemplation about where will he be? Where will I get him? How will it play out? What will he look like? And like you said, you know, sometimes they drop a fork, sometimes they add some extras. Uh, this buck this year is the cleanest he's been. He had, Last year, he was missing an eye guard for some reason, but he had a big cheater off his G3. This year, he's just perfectly symmetrical and just, you know, just, he's just gorgeous. I, I, I saw him on the cameras in July, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's just, he's come in just amazing. So, I mean, I had deer come into my trails and all my spots, and I had a couple ambush opportunities on really great deer, but he was my radar. He was the one I was trying to kill. I mean, there was no question. There's no deer up there I would have settled for but him. So uh, I'm super grateful that it worked out. GoHunt.com Insider is by far the most valuable tool a Western hunter could give themselves. GoHunt.com Insider are the industry leaders and number one source for Western hunting for a lot of reasons. GoHunt.com Insider have changed the game for how hunts and hunting information are found. Within a matter of minutes, using filtering 2.0, you'll be able to filter by state, species, residency, odds of drawing a tag, specific hunting dates, and harvest success percentages to find the hunts that fit exactly what you're looking for. If you are a guy that applies across the West or just in your home state but want to find some new opportunity, there's no better way to do it than using GoHunt.com Insider. As an exclusive offer to my listeners, if you sign up for a GoHunt.com Insider membership for $149 a year and use the promo code JSCOTT at checkout, you'll receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Head on over to GoHunt.com forward slash Insider and get yourself the most valuable membership a hunter could have. Real Game Calls featuring the Elk Reel. Real Game Calls makes innovative, realistic, and easy-to-master calls using their proprietary, revolutionary design. They are located and manufactured in Gypsum, Colorado. Their calls were designed and battle-tested on some of the hardest-hunted terrain on Earth. Check out ElkReel.com. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a 20% discount on all purchases. Go to www.ElkReel.com. Yeah, how did the hunt actually break down as far as were you able to hunt them on opening day? Can you kind of walk us through, um, you know, how it went down and yeah. you know, did it did it take you a while to kill them? You know, kind of walk me through the whole thing. 
Sure, all through July and August, they're like like in most high country bucks, he was very patternable. Uh, we had him on camera consistently during daylight hours. Uh, he'd come through a draw and work into his feeding area where he could water and feed and, and bed. And there's just a pinch point that the deer use up in the cliffs. And I mean, you could see the trail from Google Earth. It's so thick. I mean, it's like two feet wide and about a foot deep of dust right now because deer just use it religiously. Uh, so they were very on pattern, but what happened the week before the hunt, and I posted on Instagram, is we had a big female lion move in, and she started chasing deer all over the canyon. In fact, I filmed her stalking one of the bucks, and I missed the video. Uh, it was tough to get through my phone scope and my swallow spider, but she was actually ran down the cliff and tried to hook a buck in his hamstring. It was super cool. I wish I could have filmed it. It was like, you know, Marty Stafford kind of stuff. It was really, really neat to see. But that stinking cat really screwed things up for the opener because she was in there ambushing them pretty much right where I sit and, and, and trying to get up there and just shift things up. So by opening day, you know, I got into my basin and I started trying to pattern them, trying to block their, their escape routes. Um, I typically would bed them down at night, and then in the morning I would hike in the dark and try to get to where I thought they would transition because they did work a big loop. They would work like a three-day cycle from basin to basin, and I would try to cut them off, intercepting them into their next, you know, into the next stage. And that's what I always did. But they'd always just go down one draw below me or one above me, or they cut through the timber. Just it's you know how it is. It's just they just never the stars never aligned. So um, I was getting frustrated. I got a an awesome wife who's the toughest chick I've ever seen. She she follows me around up there, and I, I, I forget she's there sometimes because she's so low maintenance. I mean, I've taken her into some literal hell holes. And for a young girl hunter, I mean, she's unbelievably tough. And she's watched me bow hunt public land, and, you know, she just hasn't seen me kill anything because we've been together for a couple of years now. And it's been tough for her because she, you know, new hunter, you, you need to get them some success or at least they can get a taste of it. So she, she's seen the struggle and she learned the hard way how bad, you know, bow hunting really does suck. So she, uh, she's she been there with me, but luckily she was there when the, when the stars aligned, the bucks came through the canyon. Um, we were able to just get a great shot on him. He, uh, he died just over the top, literally quarter mile well not even that far i would say 300 yards from where his dad or square died three years earlier um just a great photo setting it was just it was just perfect man it was it was always stressful you know but it, it just played out really well that's awesome that that's really neat to have that much experience with the buck and then kind of uh play cat and mouse with them a little bit um, did you notice if, if that lion, that female lion, did you notice any fresh deer kills or do you know if she was able to get any deer killed? Um, yeah, she killed two deer. She killed a fawn. Uh, there's a doe with a radio collar and it's funny. She has like an a- antenna collar. Like they look like headphones. There's little antennas on both sides. She had two fawns and unfortunately one of them was, was taken by the lion and then the lion actually got another I believe it was a little buck because like it's a longer spine. The rib cage is bigger than a fawn, but the head is gone. So I figured something tore off, you know, to get the velvet or whatever. So, but none of the big bucks died. I've got all of them on the radar. They're still on cameras in the middle of the night and stuff. But I think when I moved in there, Jay, I think she got out of there because as soon as I started hunting it, like as opposed to just scouting it from afar, once I started mingling around in her country, she, she got out of there. So I haven't seen a sign of her since, not a track or anything. It's been almost three weeks, so. 
Was your strategy um, scouting, you mentioned looking from afar uh, for the listeners out there. Uh, when you're doing your summer scouting, do you try and stay out of the actual area and just glass them? And, and I noticed you say that you ha- they were on a three-day cycle or pattern. Is that from trail camera knowledge or is that from you actually watching them from day to day as they move? Uh, both. Um, they hit the camera on a three-day cycle, had one on their water source, had one in one of the saddles. And literally the cameras would tell you what days they were crossing. The problem with the cameras, and this is so typical of a high country mature deer, the, the dang things would never come through at consistent times of the day. They, they come through every three days, but sometimes at 2 a.m., sometimes at 4.45 p.m. It was just like, oh, my goodness. And they're high desert, so it's crunchy. We call it Doritos. The whole hill is just covered in, in this crunchy leaves, and it's, skunk cabbage and it's just it's impossible to stalk a deer in that country and it's so gravelly and rocky that you're just rolling rocks and so I've chased deer up there non-stop I mean I, I'm very aggressive and probably you know to a fault but I have realized to kill a big buck like that you're not going to sneak up on him first of all they bed butt to butt facing every direction possible the big bucks are out cold the little bucks are awake and alert you just cannot get in on those bachelor herds so what we've learned is either do do very light pushes. I don't mean like, you know, drives, but literally just maybe send some guy up a ridge where he's exposed just to get the deer's attention and maybe get him to move a little and try to ambush them or cut them off or just break them, get them either coming into feed or leaving to feed. And that's how we got him. We got into what, that pinch point that I sat literally 40 times. And, you know, I we went in there with very low expectations and, Sure enough, we hear rocks rolling and turn around, and there he is. And my wife is literally right at my hip. So she got an over-the-shoulder perspective of a super steep downhill angle on a giant buck. That I mean, I was shaking like a leaf, Jay. She, you know, I I'm pretty calm normally, but this deer, he he had me. I was I had to let down. I was breathing so hard I could not believe it. And it was mostly because I was incredulous too that that it was just working out so well. I just couldn't believe it. It's like after all these efforts, this is how it's playing out. It's actually, it's like a layup, you know? But again, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's how it always is, it seems like, with bow hunting. You're always like, I can't believe it happened. It, it just worked out. But the other 500 times that you failed, you thought it would have it worked out and it didn't. So that's the irony. That's where that whole bow hunting sucks phrase comes from. The lowest of lows is what yields the highest of highs. It's the net change that really makes it so awesome you know it's the elation that's why it's exhausting because i keep going the harder i go the more i expect success because it's like okay this is getting so bad any second now it's going to explode and i'm going to get him you know and so you just have to keep reteaching yourself that but for her to see it for me to be there for her to be in the pictures and just to be a part of it was just unforgettable super cool that's awesome. I mean, I th- I think uh, if I remember right, uh, y- you kind of got uh, bump bumps and bruises last uh, last year season, uh, chasing deer around, uh, and and that's just my per- what I remember. How does it feel to you know get bumped around and then finally you know pull this off and kill this deer? I bet you it makes it even sweeter. It's sweeter, but I, but I did, I mean, I can't, it sounds ironic, but it's, it's actually kind of disappointing. It's over. 
I woke up the night after I got here and I was stiff walking to the bathroom and I, I just looked at my, looked at the mirror and I'm like, I, I got him. He's, he's dead. He's in the freezer. Like it's story's over, man. We got that deer. And I, I never thought I really would. I mean, I thought I would, but I didn't, you know what I mean? He's outside. So the, it, it's awesome. It's bittersweet. I, I respect these deer more than most people would ever even comprehend. There's no way to really explain it. They're just, they mean so much to me. And it's, it's one of the reasons why it's hard for me when guys, try to bag on me or chat me personally about never quote unquote killing anything. I even saw one comment one time, like, why don't you just kill a meat buck? And I was like, I'm 35 years old, man. Do you know how many meat bucks I've shot? Like I'm, I, I don't need the meat to live. I love the meat, but I'm, I'm, this is a personal journey for me. This is a, you know, and it's, I don't need to explain it to anyone. You know that, yeah. but sometimes it's just like, man, these guys don't get it. Well, they don't get it. They come from different circumstances, different backgrounds, and that's the world in general. So I, you know, I've, I've learned to just ignore it and just move on because you can't explain it. It's just if you don't get it, you don't get it. I mean, I've, I've had guys out nonstop. What's he score? What's he score? It's like I, I really and truly, if I run a tape on him, it's going to be disappointing to me because a number is never. He's not going to be 190 inches. He's too narrow. There's just no way. So I don't yeah. really care what he scores. I mean, his G, his G4s are 14 inches long, and he's got 24-inch main beams. He's awesome. <laughs> I can get yeah. a number. He's in the 80s, you know, but I don't want to know what it is. Uh, and if I score him, it's going to be for me only. So because to me, the trophy is not the number. I sort of just cannot stop stressing. It's, it's the journey, man, this gear, the film, the, the effort, the failures, the miserable nights, the missed shots, and, you know, all of that combined is what creates the, the victory, you know? And so that's, that's the trophy to me. I again, score is irrelevant. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, if, if you drew a tag in a, you know, limited entry unit where you had, you know, your 30 days to hunt a, you know, big buck in, in a unit that set, you know, has 200 inch plus bucks and you had the ability to go out where you could, you know, look over a ton of bucks and, and figure out which buck you wanted to shoot what i hear you saying is you might not necessarily go after the highest scoring deer uh you may pick the deer that's got the cool cheater or you know a cool little kicker or you know a, a big big gnarly main beam and you know he's just a three point in the front with you know two cheaters off the left side what is it that draws you to and and well what is it that draws you to those kinds of trophies would be one question. And two, yeah, I mean, I can understand how people would say, well, uh, you know, what does it score? And, and you know, I, I myself am, you know, really try to verse myself in field judging and being accurate. And I think some people misunderstand my love for field judging and, and scoring as someone that only cares about score, where I look at, you know, being a good field judge is credibility and, uh, you know, the ability to be accurate and, and, and score something for what it is and judge something for what it is. Um, you know, it's kind of a twofold question, but, you know, what is it about you know, if you drew a limited entry unit where, you know, you had your choice of 50 bucks, why might you not choose the biggest scoring deer out of all 50? Well, it's just like physical attraction. You can't explain it. I mean, you know the feeling, Jay. You got your 15s and you're scanning and you see a deer and you say, I want that buck. 
I want that buck. I don't know what it is. I just, it's, it's connection. It's instant. And I, when I, I did draw a premium Colorado fourth season rifle tag, uh, two years ago. And I, I said 200 or bust. That was my goal. And I got lots of crap for it. Cause I'm always preaching score, score, score. Well, this unit had no sentimental value to me. It was a statistical thing. I waited in line. I calculated and, and contemplated where I would go and when and play the date. So, you know, fourth season, how valuable that is. It's just late, 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 low pressure, tons of run activity, a lot of migration. I got in there. I was looking for, I wanted a, a deer that I wouldn't be able to ever find in my general unit. So I was looking for quote unquote a score. And you know, lucky the big buck, the buck I killed had a lot of character and extras and all the other things I wanted too that were on my checklist. But uh, in general, I, I can't explain it to answer your question. I mean, I just see a deer and I just want him. I mean, I don't know what it is. Like, there's there's ten bucks in this herd of the buck that I shot, and maybe not score as well on paper, but I mean, just walking down the hill, there was two deer that had a lot bigger frames, wider, taller. Uh, my wife actually is trying to kill one of them. She's a, it's a three by four, but it's probably three four inches wider and maybe eighteen inches on his G twos. He's a lot bigger deer, but I just wanted my buck because of the history. So it's tough to explain, but you know, um, it's just like a, a pretty girl at the dance. You just see her and you're just in love. And, and she may not be the, 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 the prettiest or the fittest or whatever. I mean, there's just a connection there. And it's the same thing with animals. I just, for some reason you can't explain it, but that, that there's bucks that just occupy your thoughts. And then your best buddy sitting next to you might say, man, you couldn't pay me to shoot that deer. I want the other one. And that's, that's what's so fun about it. You know, it's the trophies in the eye of the beholder. So. Phonescope is a company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. It is simple to text photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. Phonescope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Get yours now by using the J. Scott 16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at Phonescope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at Phonescope. I have known the owners of the Outdoorsmen in Phoenix for over 20 years. They are the authority on optics and hunting gear. Outdoorsmen is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods, mounting accessories, and pack systems for all hunters. Their customer service is the best in the business. Go to Outdoorsmans.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any products. For sure. Absolutely. Well, it's uh, awesome to see you have success and, um, you know, to, to have those failures and, and we all have them. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, interesting that a lot of people don't even talk about their failures or uh you know let anybody know that they fail and the reality is if you're a hunter you fail most of the time uh and and succeed very little um you know day in and day out um but you know persistence and and staying with it and staying positive and you know keep grinding and and just Staying, you know, staying after it is is a huge key, and you know, I think time uh, too. The more time that you can spend, uh, you know, the more successful you'll probably be. If you if you only had two days, you know, out of the season to hunt, season after season, you probably wouldn't be very successful. Um, 
talk to me a little bit about your idea of time and, and how that plays into uh, being a successful archery mule deer hunter. Sure. I, you know, I learned younger when I was 15, 16 years old. I, I think it was probably my fourth or fifth year hunting. Uh, I said, I'm never killing a 40 again. I mean, I was bloodthirsty when I just started. I'd see a 40 and I'd shoot it. But I, I realized your hunt's over when you pull the trigger. So to me, my time on the mountain is so precious. I only get a couple months a year to actually legally go out and pursue animals and scouting and sheds and that stuff's all fun. But you and I know that you have a tag in your pocket. There is no feeling on earth like walking up a ridge with a rifle or a bow with a tag. There's just nothing. So to me, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to prostitute out my, my time. I, my time is precious. It's, it's special. I'm not, I'm not going to settle. I want a big deer. I want a deer that's worth that tag. I want a deer that's worth that time. And so, you know, for one, I, I'm conservative that way. And then for two, I love to be up there. Like my wife teases me because I, I like to hike at four in the morning. I like to, you know, wear a tank top and sweat my tail off and burn up the ridge and get up there as fast as I can and time myself and push myself and get to the top and drink a gallon of water and eat a big, you know, meal and it just, it's just, I just love to do it. I relish it. So to me, hunting is, it's fun as, it's fun as hell just to hunt, you know, let alone kill stuff. Um, and then it's another reason why when guys criticize me for not killing anything, it's like I get to get home off the mountain. I could care less if I kill something like I want to kill something, but it's not, it's not the, the determining factor of my happiness or my joy. It has it's, it's completely, a, it has nothing to do with it. Um, but, I have learned that the more time you spend, whether you're pursuing a specific deer or just pursuing a category of deer that you're not settling, you, you, you're just going to learn. You're going to learn habits. You're going to learn techniques. You're going to learn, um, you know, procedures, things that work, things that don't. You just have to be up there to just see it all and suck it in and know what kind of conditions you're getting into. And you have to learn the country. You have to learn man, those deer always go up that right ridge every time when we bump them, they go up to the right, you know. If you're not up there failing, you're not going to know that. And so two years later, when you kill a buck out of a rock blind, you build up there in March, and they run right to you, you could say you're lucky, or you could say, no, two years ago, I learned my lesson because I failed and busted my butt up there, and I watched them run up that trail, and now I've got in front of them. You know that's that's how it all plays out, and it's it's a it's a, those trophies are a culmination of so many hours and of of time and effort and energy and focus and conversations around the campfire or driving to and from work with my buddies and my dad or whoever. That you know it, it's the time is the reason that it comes together. You, you you couldn't go up there in two days and kill a deer like that. You couldn't, and if you did, you wouldn't appreciate it. It, it would I would feel like the deer were shortchanged because you know. They're, they're special. They're cool. Right? They deserve to be, they deserve to get away. They deserve to be pursued. They deserve to be relished over. You know, I just, I, I don't know. It's a, I feel like the harder it is, the, the better it is for that reason. For sure. That's great stuff. So Rocky's got a deer tag uh, coming up and you also have an elk tag, don't you, this fall? Yeah, I got a lake tag uh, up north of you. Um, and it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of tags in it, but I know there's big bulls in there, and I got some really good buddies that are going to help out. So I'm gonna again, I killed, I killed elk, and I, 
I don't, you know, those late holes don't taste very good per se. So I'm going to hold out and try to kill a big, big bugger. I don't care if he's busted up, but I want a mature big bull. Um, and so I got that and then I've got just general tags around, uh, you know, Utah general elk archery and then, um, Idaho and Rocky is going to be a big part of my summer or my fall because I'm trying to get her, you know, her tags notched and, and obviously teach her and focus more on her. One of the downsides of my obsession is I'm very selfish with my time and my focus. And I, I forget that I've got a, a little partner right back there. That's a total sponge that needs, needs attention. Even though she's independent, she still needs, you know, some TLC. So it's going to be nice. And part of our commitment planning the fall was neither we can't hunt ever with the, with two tags. Like I can't hunt and hunt with you at the same time. Like it's your hunter, it's my hunt. So that's, that's what's going to be fun. She actually drew a Southern Arizona coos tag for the October hunt too. So we're going to be down there chasing coos here in the desert. She's going to get a real (laughs) nice reality check with that. That'll be really fun for her. So we got a lot to do. Well, thanks for sharing your time with us this morning. And again, congrats on the buck. And it's a cool story. And um, uh, the listeners, I'm sure, can follow you on Instagram. Zach, why don't you um, tell them where they can uh, see more on this buck and uh, more on Summit Productions and what you've got going on? Okay, thanks, Jay. Yeah, my website's just, I made it simple. It's just ZachGriffith.com, V-A-C-G-R-I-F-F-I-T-H.com. And then my Instagram, Facebook, everything's just zach griffith or zach griffith underscore com uh it's pretty easy to find yeah i posted a ton of pictures of him i'm going to be posting a film uh this next week i did not get a kill shot but i did get a lot of tons of scouting and trail camera footage and then i'm going to tie it all together with the story i told you about the square buck from that first year and just bring the whole thing like as a culmination so this will be a really special film and i'll have it up probably in the next few days so something to watch for and uh, this will probably air after that comes out, but it'll be available on my website and everything. It'll be called Archers Educated Season 5. So Awesome, bud. Well, sounds good, and uh, keep up the great work and look forward to seeing uh, how you do on the rest of your hunts, and uh, always always good talking to you. Likewise, man. Good luck on your bull tag. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I'm going to leave here in a day or two, and, um, you know, I'm kind of going into it with the same mentality of, you know, I've got bulls that, that score really good and what have you. And people keep asking me about, you know, what am I looking for? And it's just one of those things when I see it, I'll know it. (laughs) And I I can't, I can't really explain it, but, uh, I'm going to go and give it my best and, uh, hunt for a couple weeks and see what I can shake out. So, uh, appreciate the support and, uh, I'll be following your adventures. Hopefully, uh, Rocky can get it done and, um, God bless you, buddy. Okay. Likewise, man. Thanks again for the time.